how many want to start, of course? Bechavot. Okay. So today we're studying Bezrat Hashem, Ilchot De'ot Perek Shevi'i. Starting Halakha Aleph, this chapter discusses one of the, um, something, a very, very important subject, which um, we all encounter in our daily lives and uh, should definitely be taken seriously. Halakha Aleph. Hamiragil Bahabiro, Ober Belota Ase. So, he who bears tales against this fellow, he violates a prohibitive commandment. As it says in the Pasuk, thou shall not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Mm. And although somebody who um, goes on who um, violates this prohibitive commandment is not punished with flogging it is most definitely a very very big sin which causes the death of many many so, um, people in Israel and um, this is why the verse we just read previously um, thou shall not uh, go up and down as a talebearer among thy people is right uh, right after it is said the verse Neither should somebody stand on the blood of his fellow brethren. And go and see what happened with Doega Adomi. And I'll just quickly say who Doega Adomi was. If anybody wants to delve into this a little more deeply, um, definitely be sure to open the book of Shemuel Aleph, Perek Kaf Aleph Kaf Bet, those two chapters, um, chapters 22-23. Um, the story of Doega Adomi, David Amelech was... King Saul's most w- number one wanted refugee. And he, David Amelech, was in the city of Nov at a certain point. I'm not going to get into, this, in, into the little details. And Doeg. Jacob, I think we lost him again. Okay, so I, I will continue. Um, <clears throat> Doeg Adomi was one of the, the mercenaries David had hired, and he went and told David, he went, sorry, Shaul had hired, and he went and told Shaul, King Shaul, when he was running after David, where David was hiding, which resulted in the massacre of the city of Kohanim, Nov Aira Kohanim. Bet, ezehu rachil, zeshehu to'en devarim veholech mize laze veomer, the first level of the halachot of this chapter, which are halachot about gossip and lashon hara, is when you say something about someone else, which is true. There is nothing, it's not negative, it's not falsehood, it's true, but it was private. And you are going out there trying to publicize something about somebody else, whether it's something they did, something that happened to them, something about their history. This is Mahari Ta'ulam. This leads to, in many cases, the destruction of society. There 
within this same commandment, which says, you may, not be, uh, you may not spy about amongst your nation, you may not go around telling others private things about your friend, there is something within this, an aspect of this that is much worse than this. This is called Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara means the tongue of the bad person. By the way, if this had been the bad tongue, the evil tongue, like people translated, uh, there is two problems with this translation. Number one, Ra is not always evil. Ra sometimes means something that leads to destruction or something that, that is not stable. And secondly, Lashon is feminine. It, if it had been Lashon Hara, the bad tongue or the evil tongue, then normally in Hebrew, the adjective adapts to the noun in the gender, and it would have been Lashon Hara. But here, Lashon Hara doesn't mean the bad tongue or the evil tongue, but rather the tongue of the person who is Ra, the tongue who, of the, 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 the person who, who behaves in, in a bad way. Uh, similarly, by the way, with Ayn Hara, doesn't mean the evil eye, it means the eye of the evil person, or of the bad person. So Lashon Hara, as opposed to Rechilut, is when not only do I go around and tell others some private things about my, my, fellow, uh, my fellow Jew, but rather I say those things and I either spin them negatively or I say things that I know are negative about somebody else. And this is regardless of whether or not what I'm saying is true. If this had been falsehood, then it goes to the third level of this kind of gossip, which is forbidden by the Pasuk, which is called Mosishim Ra, the one who uh, starts a bad name about his friend. And it's obviously much worse than Lashon Hara. But someone who is Ba'a someone who is in the habit of Lashon Hara, and this is important, there is a reason why Hilchot De'ot is the Halachot that includes Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara is a commandment that uh, has to do with actions, so we could expect it to see it elsewhere. But the reason we are bringing this in Hilchot De'ot is because it normally comes in the form of a habit. Most people who speak Lashon Hara do it as a matter, as a function of habit. And by the way, they cannot stop very easily. So someone who is Ba'a Lashon Hara is someone who has the habit of having a tongue of, an, of a bad person. And it's someone, someone who, whenever he's sitting down or he engages in this activity affirmatively and he says and he starts talking about his friend and says this is you know what John Doe just did this is exactly what John Doe did you should have seen what he did and so on and so forth or his father or his mother you should know that they they did this and that and that explains his behavior or not even what he did or what his parents were but there is a rumor about him that this is what he did. And he says negative things. About this, the Pasuk says, May God uproot the lips that, that speak in a very slick way and the tongue that speaks grandiose things. Uh, which uh, is referring to not only grandiose things, but grandiose things that, and slick things that are meant to have 
a negative effect on somebody else. Gimal. Amiru hachamim. Al shalosh averot nifra'im min ha'adam ba'olam hazeh ve'en lo helek la'olam abba. There is three sins for which uh, the, the person is punished in this world and further loses his share in the world to come. Number one, Abu Dazara, obviously idolatry, which we have spoken before in the chapter about Kiddush Hashem, is something for which someone should be willing to give up his life and not do. Vigilui Arayot and incestuous relations, for example, a man sleeping with a married woman or with a woman who is Nida. Ushfichut Damim, Shfichut Damim is murder. Vilashon Hara. And Chachamim said, Lashon Hara, you should know that having this habit of talking bad of others counts as the three of them. I think that this does not mean literally counts like the three of them. And my proof for that is that they said, Al Shalosh Averot, they said, on, on account of three sins, this is what happens to the person. And then they list these three things. But Lashon Hara Keneget Kulam, in theory, Lashon Hara can bring to each of these three things, and therefore the habit of Lashon Hara is going to have the same consequence of these three major sins. Further, whoever speaks Lashon Hara, it's as if he rejects all the principles of the Torah, or the main principle of the Torah, which is God's uh, kingship, God's authority, because whoever speaks Lashon Hara and thinks that, you know, speaking, uh, they can speak with impunity, nobody's going to do anything. And that's one of the things about Lashon Hara. People think, Mabechach, what, what's, what, what about it? So what? So I, I spoke badly about somebody else. It's a free country. I have freedom of speech and whatnot it seemingly doesn't have any tangible consequences. And it also means that whenever someone is speaking Shonara, they are not thinking about who is watching, namely their creator. And therefore, it's as if they are rejecting God's authority in this world. And the Pasuk says, Asher Ameru, that the people who are Lashon Medabedet Gedolot, the Pasuk that we had said before, that God should uproot that tongue that speaks grandiose things, then the Pasuk describes it further. Those who say, They say to our tongue, let us speak more loudly. Our, our lips, let them be in, 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 one, in one mind with us. In other words, let them do what we are telling, what we are telling them to do. After all, who can tell us what to do? Further said the sages, There is three that are victims of Lashon Hara. The one who speaks Lashon Hara, who says something bad about his friend. The one who decides to, to accept, to, 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 to believe that which is being said. So let's say, Reuven says to Shimon, Two people, Reuven says to Shimon, hey, did you, did you hear what Yehuda did? Yehuda did something really bad. 
So Reuven is Haomero, and Mekabelo is Shimon, who says, oh, wow, thank you for telling me. Uh, that's very interesting what you're telling me about Yehuda. And obviously Yehuda, and you know, we can be, we can, you don't need to be very creative to think of examples of how the Shonhara damages the one who speaks it, how it damages the one who decides to believe it, Mekabelo, and how it most obviously damages the one about whom it's being said. However, Hachamim said, It's actually worse to be the passive participant, in other words, the active listener in this conversation than the one who says it because you're encouraging the person to go on and to say it and you're giving uh, fuel to this fire. There are other things there that although they are not actual Lashon Hara, they are Avak Lashon Hara. They, are, uh, um, they have a hint of Lashon Hara and obviously are forbidden as well. Kesad, how so? For example, if someone says, Who could have predicted that this guy we all know how he used to be last year. Who would have predicted that right now he's right there and he's praying and he's he's being nice to others? We all know. We all know. We all remember what this guy used to be. I'm not saying that uh, the the main point of my sentence is not how bad he used to be, but by implication, I'm doing a shonhara. Or if or or if someone says, you know what? I don't even. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you what. Yehuda, what I just saw Yehuda did doing. So he's not saying anything, but he's implying there is something to be said. The same thing, whoever <clears throat> says good things about his friend, but next to those who hate him. So he's obviously triggering, he's inviting those who hate him to reject the good things he's saying. So let's say, uh, Shimon hates Yehuda, and I go to Shimon and I say, Shimon, you know, Yehuda, he was just awarded the prize for best behaved citizen. And obviously, Shimon is going to say, Oh, yeah, really? That guy doesn't deserve anything. He's, uh, he's terrible, and so on. Because he's causing that uh, bad things are said about him. And about this, Shalomo Hamelech says in Mishle, Whoever blesses his friend, praises his friend very loudly early in the morning, it's as if he's, he's, uh, he's uh, cursing him. And one creative reading of this pasuk might be, if I go around town early in the morning before everyone wakes up and I start saying, Yehuda is amazing, Yehuda is the best in the world, people who are awakened from their sleep, in a very annoying way, are sure to start cursing Yehuda or, or worse. Because from doing something seemingly good, you're causing something obviously bad. The same thing if uh, if someone doesn't say something uh, with with actual evil intent with maliciousness let's say i say something about yehuda 
jokingly, I, I, I want to jokingly tell everyone about something embarrassing, embarrassing that happened to Yehuda. I don't have any malicious feeling, um, mental state to try to hurt Yehuda, but nevertheless, it's forbidden. Um, and, and this is what the pasuk says: "Kimitlahaleya, like a person who, who uh, a person can be mitlahaleya, it can, it can be joking, but can, at the same time, yorehezikim hasim b'mavet, he could be firing deadly arrows. Lashon hara is like deadly arrows, and uh, regardless of the intent, they do have the effect of hurting. The same when you know it's also forbidden to to um, to pretend as though you you don't know what you are saying or about whom you are saying something, when in reality you well know that this is going to be interpreted as a negative report about someone specific. This also is avak lashon hara. Uh, it's the same if Lashon Hara is being said in front of the person that is the, the object of this Lashon Hara or not in front of him without his or her presence. And not even if I say something negative about someone, but if I say something that by saying it, I'm eventually causing, eventually, indirectly, I'm causing harm to my friend that also is Hashan Hara. So for example, I might say, I might say that I saw my friend with me uh, somewhere in, in the morning, and uh, this is going to, to be understood by, by somebody else. Let's say, let's say that I say that my friend came with me to a certain trip on Tuesday, and uh, this is the day in which his employer meant for my friend to do something else. So when his employer hears where my friend was, I'm not saying anything negative about him. He came with me to a trip, a good trip. We want to do good things. It doesn't matter. If the effect of what I'm saying is negative on my friend, that's Lashon Hara. And if these things were said to three people, and and then one of these three people goes out and spreads this rumor, this is no longer Lashon Hara. There is a principle in Halakha that once something is known by three individuals, there is a presumption that the rumor will not stop there. The rumor is already out, and therefore it's like, uh, it's like beating on a dead horse. When one of these three people goes out and spreads this rumor further, the rumor was already out there, and this is not considered spreading the Shonhara. I have a note here on the side from Rabbi Yochai Makbili, who says that the varim elu, when we are speaking about these things, in other words, 
this exception to Lashon Hara, where if three people know it, it's no longer Lashon Hara, it's only in the kind of Lashon Hara that is not inherently negative. In other words, in my example of uh, my telling about my friend having come with me to my to, to the trip, when in reality his employer wanted him to be somewhere else, so that if I know that three people already know about it, there is no problem in speaking about this. But if the example is that I that you know everyone knows that uh, Yehuda stole money from somewhere, then it doesn't matter how many people know it; it's forbidden for me to say it. I I'm not sure I agree with it. I think that if that were the case, Rambam would have said it a little differently, especially because the rest of Halakha He is also is also talking about which obviously includes both negative and positive things. But I just wanted to share with you one other one other reading of it. Now, this exception, this exception that something is no longer Lashon Hara once three people know about it already, this is only if the person further reporting that which three people already know is not intending to further uh, to, to further spread out this rumor. If you want to further spread out this rumor, then it doesn't matter how many people know it. It's uh, that the problem is on you. You should not try to spread a rumor. All of these people that we described, all of these kinds of gossip, people who engage in them, they, they ha- the ones who are in the habit of Lashon Hara, it's forbidden to stay in their vicinity, presumably because uh, you don't want to be part, you don't want to associate in a conversation where Lashon Hara is being spoken. So you should try to avoid their company, how much more so to affirmatively sit with them and to listen to what they have to say, which is a passive encouragement of Lashon Hara. And remember that our forefathers in the desert were ultimately punished the final punishment or the, the final decision that we would not come into Eres Israel, but a whole new generation needed to be born, was on account of Lashon Hara, on account of bad things that had been said about the land of Israel by the messengers Moshe Rabbeinu sent. Hanokemet Havero, now we are going to speak about a different subject, Mekima Untira, revenge, and not only revenge, but also rancor. Whoever uh, avenges or takes revenge against his friend is uh, th- this is a negative commandment. We may not uh, take revenge. It said in Parashat Kedoshim, you may not take revenge. This obviously it's not it's not a specific action. I can take I can take revenge revenge in an infinite number of ways. The the one thing that will make it be revenge or not is obviously my intent. And for intent, 
there is no punishment. This is a very important principle in halakha. Punishment, court punishment, can only come for actions. If something is not an action, an actual tangible action, by the way, also from an evidentiary standpoint, uh, you would not be able to have testimonies, uh, witnesses, about something that is not a tangible action that can be witnessed. So revenge is not something that I can witness. I cannot tell why someone is acting the way they are acting. But if someone is acting in a certain way because of something their friend did to them, that's called revenge, then this is Yahavira, uh, one of the 613 commandments. Although the person is not punished by a court, this is a very bad habit, very bad attitude. The, the most appropriate thing is for a person to be able to let everything pass, anything that happens in the world, be capable of letting go. Let it be, let it go. Do not overreact, do not hold any grudges. Because when you start thinking about this, you understand everything is, is nonsense, it's temporary. Okay, so uh, my friend didn't invite, didn't invite me to his party. Okay, big deal. What is a party? What does, it, what does a party mean in the large scale of things? And obviously, it's not sufficiently important for me to want to violate the mitzvah. What are the elements of revenge? Amar or was an example of revenge? Let's say my friend asks me to lend him to lend him my axe. And I tell him, no, I'm not going to lend my axe to you. Tomorrow I need to ask my friend for the broom, let's say. Or, or for the accident, or next year, my axe got, got lost, and I go to my friend, I say, hey, can you lend me your axe? And he responds, no, I'm not going to. Do you remember last year, you did not lend it to me? This is Nekama. And why is Rambam bringing this example? Because we might associate Nekama with doing something actively. He hit me, I hit him back. That's more obvious. But even in something passive, like not doing something positive, I'm not lending something to my friend just like he didn't lend it to me, that also is nekama. Rather, when one person comes to ask the, the axe from his friend, the other person needs to give this wholeheartedly without thinking that he needs to... Uh, to, to, to um, to respond in kind and do, do to him exactly as it was done to him, and so on and so forth. And also David, when he was describing to Hashem, and he was saying to Hashem, God, please, I always try to do the right thing. He says, um, God, you know that I've never, uh, I've never done bad to those to those who do bad to me. In other words, I've never done bad in response to something bad that was done to me. Not only someone who takes revenge, but also someone who holds a grudge against another person within his nation, a fellow citizen, 
He also transgresses another Amira. As it says, You may not hold a grudge against someone in your nation. That's change the fact pattern a little bit. Let's say that uh, Reuven asks Shimon for to, to borrow his car. And Shimon says, no, you cannot borrow my car. Next year, Shimon's own car gets broken. And Shimon uh, goes to Reuven and says, hey, Reuven, can I borrow your car? And Nekama would be for Reuven to say, no, you can't. You didn't lend me yours last year. Now it's my turn to pay you back. But Reuven, uh, Shimon does something else. Shimon says, you know what, Reuven? Yes, you can have my car. I'm not like you. I remember how you didn't lend me last year, but I'm not going to go down to your level. So this is not that the act is wrong. Uh, the intent here is different. The intent here is, I want to show you how I'm better than you. The ideal would have been for Shimon, for Shimon to have let go, for Shimon to not hold a grudge against Reuven and lend him his car wholeheartedly, independent of how Reuven behaved towards toward Shimon in the past. Rather, the, the ideal is for the person to erase past uh, malfeasances by his friend from his heart, and not to hold a grudge. Because so long as someone has this grudge inside his heart, it's very likely that also the actions will follow suit and he will come to actual revenge. That's why the Torah also said, not only shall you not take revenge, but you, should, you sh shouldn't even hold a grudge, because grudges bring to revenge. And this is the proper habit, the proper attitude. Uh, on account of which um, society can sustain itself, like imagine if there were no grudges, if people really follow this attitude, how many fewer wars we would have, how many fewer murders we would have, how much more harmony and peace we'd have among uh, every society. And, and this was the design of the Torah, one of the main purposes of which is to give us a blueprint for how to have a stable, peaceful, harmonious society. And with this, we finish Ilchot Deot. Tomorrow, we'll continue with Ilchot Talmud Torah.